0: Alrighty folks, welcome back to our next episode of SDYT, the podcast, where values still hold value. We're talking about a few different topics with a few different guests and even some personalities about realistic perspectives in building resiliency, finance, fitness, mental, and spiritual health. As always, if you want to contribute material or join us on an episode, email survivaldadyt at gmail.com or message on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Now, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thanks for stopping in. And if you're returning, welcome back. Thank you for hanging out with us for a little bit. To everyone watching, the podcast, subscribe, ring the bell. That way you get notifications every time a new episode comes out. I'm really glad you guys stopped by. So, let's cover our next episode. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to SDYT, the podcast. We're nearing the end of February 2022 already. This year is moving, but we still understand that despite different perspectives, paces, backgrounds, ethnicities, cultures, dynamics of life, we at least can speak from a common denominator of shared values. And in the month of February, what we're talking about for our core values are love, kindness, and but what does that have to do with anything outside of romance, or outside of raising kids? Glad you asked. That's exactly what we're going to discuss. The subtle art of rhetoric, and what that has to do with love, kindness, and patience. Folks, if you're new to the podcast, welcome, and if you're a continuing listener, welcome back. I'm Porter, I'm your host, and this is SDYT the Podcast. Alrighty folks, now, I understand This is probably not the topic for dinner conversation, but I disagree. Here's why. So Aristotle, common household name, I'm sure, frame of reference for every conversation that takes place, naturally, uh, philosopher, ancient Greece. Now he talked about rhetoric in terms of trying to define it as the ability and art of persuasion. He talked about pathos and ethos and logos and how they revolved around a speaker his message or her message, and how well the audience received those two things. How they were able to, as a speaker, elicit emotion from an audience. Or, as an audience, how well a message was received based on resulting actions, activities, and conversations. And then, obviously, the wordplay that the speaker used. He also framed this context in three different tenses, essentially past, present, and future. Now, he called them forensic in the past, demonstrative in the present, and deliberative in the future, right? You could hypothesize what might happen. How could we have done this better? Or how could we do this better? What went wrong, right? Future or deliberative. uh, What went wrong being in the past and forensic. What does any of that have to do with love or kindness or patience? Relationships are all about persuasion. Matter of fact, last week we talked with Sebastian Barquet about six different Aspects, descriptions of love, as applied to ancient Greek references. We talked about their relevance to all sorts of different topics. I'm going to take three of them. Ludus and Philautia. Here's why. These three depictions or descriptions of love all involve some semblance of a facade. And we tell our kids, don't lie to each other. Don't lie to me, especially I'm your parent. I'm not one of your friends. Okay, sure. But those aren't the only kinds of relationships, parents to to children or children to parents. What about between friends? What about on Tinder? (laughs) What about Facebook, Match.com, Bumble, Grindr, and all these other websites? People lie all the time. MTV had a show about it called Catfish. But this isn't about fake social media profiles masquerading as somebody else or some other image, while applicable Especially when we're talking about passion or lust or desire, eroticism, things like these, these, these types of goals. Sure. Eros is all about deceit. Not as a focus, but as a means to an end. There are plenty of genuine people, plenty down to earth people that do not lie about what they're trying to accomplish. But the end state isn't the only thing that can be truthful or not. See for example, I could be 62, I could have a master's degree. I could drive a sports car or not. I could be wealthy or not. Top grossing producer on OnlyFans. Whether or not those things apply is irrelevant. But those are a little bit more extreme and I think a little bit more stereotypical. Here's the other aspect. If you tell me about your interests and I tell you I have similar interests, but I'm able to inject little elements of truth to bolster up larger aspects of falsehood, well, it's still plausible. It's a believable cover story. But that doesn't make it any less deceitful. If you factor in the intention of what I'm trying to accomplish, let's say get your phone number and sleep with you that night. Well, but I'm using persuasion to accomplish that. Effectually, demonstrative rhetoric. Some topics that come up might be a little bit more forensic. Like, for example, this is where I lived and grew up in vacations as a child, or family vacations, whatever. No way, I've been there too. Well... That's a little bit more plausible of an example, right? I don't have to say that I'm six to 185 pounds of chiseled muzzle, and no matter how much I think I am, I'm not. But plausible deniability helps with persuasion because it's just that much more potentially believable, and so that's where logos, or from the speaker's perspective. Wordplay comes into effect. This ingenuine facade, though, usually, especially when you're defining love by six different angles, is meant to build a more loving relationship. That love could be revolving around Eros. That love could also, though, be revolving around Ludus. Right? This is like the type of love between children. Friends on a playground. Imagination. Jokes pranks. See, if you've got to convince people that something that's invisible exists or not, we're not talking about religion. That's that's neither here nor there, even though I guess it is a little applicable. But what we're talking about, like I said, kids on a playground, right? No, I totally tagged you. I'm shooting lasers at you. I've, I've been doing it for like 17 hours, right? Like these claims. You ever made a fort with a cardboard box or turned it into a pirate ship? Or use the couch cushion and some pillows to build yourself buildings or serve food that's invisible? What good is an imagination to a child if adults can't use creativity to solve complex problems? Oh, but that's deceitful. Have you ever tried to pitch a business? Have you ever tried to convince somebody to give you money for anything? It takes some work, but that's persuasion. And it doesn't matter if that relationship is out of care or some relative altruism, but it may not always be deceit for a negative reason. So if it's casual enjoyment, if it's passion and desire, these are reasons maybe for deceit or some form of uh, facade to pretend you're somebody you're not. If it makes somebody laugh and it gets you a foot in the door and then you're more comfortable together, drop the veil. You become more vulnerable and relationships build. It happens all the time. And that's natural too. That doesn't necessarily make it wrong. It becomes wrong when you use it to take advantage of other people. Better angels, I suppose. People trying to be nice. People trying to be courteous. People trying to be respectful or professional in whatever varying degrees apply. And then you lie on a resume? Or you lie about your skill sets? Or you lie about who you are, what you stand for, maybe even your values just so you can sleep with somebody? Or be friends with somebody? Maybe you're a kid and you just want to be somebody's friend, but it seems harmless enough, right? And so you pretend you're somebody you're not or maybe you're embarrassed and you're ashamed and you do it to protect yourself. Self-love or fallacia, is a third form of love that we talked about last week as well. but out of protection, maybe because you're ashamed or embarrassed or you're trying to shore up your defenses so to speak, against whatever you feel that makes you more vulnerable. Does that make it wrong? Does that make it? It's ingrained into our DNA and really with rare exception, even throughout history, everybody's tried to protect what they care about themselves, their money, their family, their land, their resources, their power. But whether you're taking care of yourself and what's yours or of others and it's a bit more playful, a bit more innocent maybe, or not, and it's just a bit more physical or purely physical, people lie all the time. But that involves persuasion. I am this, you are this. I like this, you like this too. It's all present tense. It's once you start discussing this deliberative aspect of rhetoric, future concerns and considerations, that's when people get vulnerable. That's when people get real and raw. That's when things change. This week, we're talking present, we're talking past. How do you use these things to set a pattern? How do you use these things to convince people? How do you use these aspects, these words, to persuade people that your background and your upbringing or your present maybe aren't who you say you are for any number of reasons, good, bad, or indifferent? We'll get more on that in just a minute. For right now, let's take a quick break, get a word from some of our uh, sponsors and friends, and then we'll be back. If you're looking for high quality locally sourced groceries, the Keystone Farmers Market is the place to be. Alongside our signature homemade boiled peanuts, we strive to offer only the best locally sourced pasta, baked goods, jams and jellies, farm eggs and dairy products, meats, and even seafood, as well as a great selection of fresh produce. That's the Keystone Farmers Market at 12615 Tarpon Springs Road in Odessa, Florida. The place with the boiled peanuts. Alrighty, folks, this is Porter with the Transacting Value Podcast. If you haven't heard of Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me tell you about it. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That means from an app, a desktop, both. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or even Stitcher. And there's plenty more where you can choose from. It's basically all you need to make a podcast all in one place. And Anchor's totally free. So if you're interested and you want to find some value for your values, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. This is Porter with SDYT, the podcast. We're talking about spending time with your family and even remembering loved ones, maybe when you can't be there. I'd like to pass the mic for a second over to my buddy Dax, and he's going to talk about the Bee and the Bear Creations. That's B-E-E and the B-E-A-R. Bee and the Bear Creations. Dax? Hey, everyone. It's Dax here. I just wanted to take a moment and give a shout-out to my wife, Julie. She is an artist of sorts, but she has a Facebook page called the Bee and the Bear Creations. And what that page is for is basically if you wanted to do a specialized item like a tumbler or a hat or a vinyl or a decal or a shirt you can go there you can uh, ask some questions look through the wares but then give a dm and try to sort it out um, and then work and adjust pricing but if you're interested in something like that go ahead like her page it's the bee and the bear creations on facebook um, so go enjoy Alrighty, folks, welcome back to SDYT, the podcast. This is now the 21st day of February, 2022. Uh, I don't know if anything cataclysmic is gonna happen tomorrow. Uh, It's the first time we've had six twos. So there's, I don't know, gotta be something spectacular happening. If not, and it's just a Tuesday, well, I hope it works out well for you nonetheless. In the meantime, if you're just joining us, Welcome back, or welcome to the podcast if it's your first time, but what we're talking about is love, kindness, and patience as our core values for February. And specifically, what that has to do with rhetoric, persuasion, and deceit. See, here's the thing. We talked about eros, ludus, and philia, three forms of ancient Greek descriptions of different aspects of love. Love doesn't always mean eroticism. That's sort of the general connotation, especially in English, where Love is depicted either only by one word or just, but you can love your friends and you can love your hobbies and you can love your dog, but you certainly don't love your dog the way you love your spouse. At the very least, you don't show it the same way, generally, I guess, but that's why there's different aspects. So if we're talking about deceit and we're talking about present tense, persuasion, past tense, persuasion, I was, I did, I went, and it's not true. Oh, you're lying, that's bad. That's what we're all taught as kids. And usually it is. But here's the thing. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I just happen to have been a kid once. And so from my perspective, when we're teaching kids how to be kind to other people, it's a lot easier to establish a generic baseline, don't lie, period, full stop. And then as you get older, or as they get older, one of the two of you matures to a direction where you're able to describe it better. And you say, okay, well, yes, lying is bad, but joking's okay. I'm sorry. Hold on. Isn't a joke not true? Well, I mean, yeah, sort of, but it involves a little bit more humor, even though it's not true. Okay. So it makes it okay. If a lie is funny, because then a lie that's funny is just a joke. Ah, uh, yeah, no, uh, you got to feel it out. Social cues, you know? And so as kids grow up, and in some cases as adults grow up, maybe you still don't realize the difference. And it's difficult, so you stray away from jokes and you find other ways to be humorous. Oh, yeah, okay. Lies and jokes, pretty similar. Got it. What about white lies? Well, colors and ethnicities of lies aside, here's the thing. If somebody asks, do these jeans make me look fat? Uh, um, no, but maybe they do. Depending on your perspective, it's not the jeans that make you look fat. You look like, if anything, you're wearing jeans. But if your circle of friends is shallow enough to where they're guiding your self image and your self esteem, maybe you should find some new friends. See, a person's appearance is not always indicative of their behavior or thought process. But if I'm wearing flip flops or if I'm walking around barefoot in places where that's relatively socially acceptable, I don't need to be judged for it. It doesn't make me homeless. I can still be a decent person. It's not about necessarily always how you look, sure, first impressions are a big difference. And if you're the best dressed in the room, you can be the most inconsiderate person in there or the nicest, most benevolent. In either case, clothes don't always make the person. So does it really matter if the jeans make you look fat? No. How do the jeans make you feel? Do you feel comfortable in them? Do you like the way you look? And that's okay. White lies are a little bit more expressionist to say they're not gonna darken your soul, right? They're not as bad. Because you're doing it with the intent of trying to make somebody feel better. As opposed to lying to try to get away with something. As opposed to joking where you're trying to make everybody laugh. Maybe it's misplaced in ill-time, but the attempt's there. All sorts of characters lie there. Books. All sorts of characters lie in books. Real life, people lie all the time. History books. We're talking the art of rhetoric, though. It's just a persuasion. It's not all fact. What we're discussing here is how persuasion can enhance and influence relationships. And in this case, can be that far off and extreme and hard to swallow, or this sort of level of deceit can be commonly accepted. Deceit commonly accepted? How? Well, here's an example. Mark Twain. Eminem. Triple H. Right, these are all examples of people, entertainers arguably in their own rights, and in their own fields and industries. But they used different names now for different reasons but they use different names than the ones they were given at birth or anytime a musician uses a stage name anytime a writer uses a pseudonym or an actor portrays a different identity entirely from shakespearean actors to modern day video and straight plays there's an element of deceit but it's for different reasons It's not actors saying they're Jason Bourne or James Bond for the sake of trying to convince you to pay money so they can get royalties, as much as it is trying to convince you that they are these people and these roles and these characters to entertain you and give you humor or pull emotion so that you enjoy time and life. And I think that's where the line gets drawn. Putting up a facade and being ingenuine isn't always a bad thing. And sometimes, maybe it's even an element of sacrifice to make somebody else feel better. You take the blame for somebody else's mistake. Maybe you want to protect your family. This happened all the time throughout history, claiming nobody was there, right? Well, it doesn't change the fact that people then were hiding in these houses and help people because they didn't agree with whatever was happening. Yeah, but that's a lie. That's also protecting somebody else, loving somebody else, loving somebody else from a genuine perspective to help protect them while at the same time lying to uh, whoever the officer was at the door or at least trying to persuade them And maybe it's out of a self-love and a protection for yourself and your family and what you own. Sometimes trying to sacrifice and protect somebody. That can be worth trying to persuade somebody to think differently. And in some cases that may even mean you're not as genuine as you should be or could be. Ways to learn to articulate these ideas and opportunities to build a broader sense and perspective still rooted in positive value and a strength or strong character helps. When that happens in life is irrelevant, it's respective and relative to everybody. Maybe you're 75, maybe you're 25, maybe you're 5, doesn't matter. The point is it exists, and to understand that there are ways to communicate that is even more important. Whether you're reading science fiction books, playing with cardboard boxes and designing forts, maybe you're watching movies, maybe you're actually discussing morals and ethics and purpose, however it happens surprising somebody dressing up in a costume on a holiday you're creating joy you're trying to better somebody's life sometimes it takes a little patience to develop that aspect and that capability sometimes it takes a little bit of kindness to understand when you went too far how to fix it but either way if we're going to try to work together to combine and conquer the issues that we've got as a society and to better understand the value of our values, we have to communicate about them to survive, folks. That's how it goes. As we're talking about love, kindness, and patience as our core values for February in this particular episode, we're talking about the subtle art of rhetoric and its relation to all of those things. I appreciate you taking the time to hang out. I'm Porter. I'm your host. And that was the SD-